0: Well, hey everybody, Pastor Steve here. So glad you've joined me for today's devotion in our Bible reading plan. We are in the seventh chapter of Esther, and I hope you've already read this chapter. If you haven't, go ahead and do so before watching the rest of the video. And just want to encourage you uh, to be praying about who you're going to invite to church this week. Remember, we we encourage you. We we teach people here to um, pray every day for God to give you an opportunity. God, today, give me an opportunity to have a gospel conversation with someone, an opportunity to invite someone to attend worship and life group with me, and then pray that God will give you the eyes to see and the courage to speak when that opportunity presents itself. So maybe stop the video right now and pray that prayer for yourself. And then as this week unfolds, you invite people to church with you. All right, Esther chapter 7. In this chapter, everything in the story sort of comes to a head, if you will, uh, Haman's evil plot to have all of the Jews annihilated becomes known by the king. It's made known to him and the king is angry and ends up having Haman hanged to death on the very gallows he had built uh, on which he wanted to hang Mordecai. So everything gets turned on his head uh, here. And uh, one of the lessons for us just from this story in chapter seven is that evil schemes and, and uh, a lack of integrity or, or designing things from a self-interest standpoint more than a God's will standpoint often comes back to bite you. Because as we said yesterday, God always sees it. God always knows. And God has a way of turning things. And 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 sometimes you planning out of self interest more than God's interest comes back to bite you. That's just how it works. Um, especially when you're working in opposition to what God's wanting to accomplish or God's plan or God's people. Um, so that's the big picture in this chapter. But a, a more pointed thing I want us to think about: uh, What about the relationship? the connection between forgiveness uh, and consequences. Because when um, they are at this banquet and Queen Esther in front of Haman tells the king about Haman's evil plot and the king is angry and he leaves the room for a moment. He's so angry that I want you to look at what what Haman does in verse 7. The king arose in his anger from drinking wine and went into the the palace garden. And Haman stayed to beg for his life from Queen Queen Esther. He's begging for his life. Then, of course, down in verse 10, he ends up being hanged. Why did Esther not forgive him? Um, why, um, Why did she support his execution? Jesus talked a lot about forgiveness and turning the other cheek, going the extra mile. Well, one of the things that we always need to keep in mind is there is a difference in Scripture between the role of the government and the role of individual disciples. Yes, there are some similarities, but there are very real differences. God established government, authorities, institutions to protect, the vulnerable and the weak and the powerless, and to punish to punish the wicked, those who do wrong. Government has a role to play. Individuals as disciples, we are not to take vengeance, but the government is. That is its duty assigned to it by the Lord himself. And so when governments don't protect the weak and don't punish the criminal... The government is failing its God-given assignment. So always keep that in mind. And the king is the government. Esther is the queen. That is the government. And Haman was manipulating the king, i.e. the government, for evil purposes, for terribly evil purposes, the annihilation of all the Jews. And what happened to him being hanged, he deserved. It's the government in the form of the king and the queen executing justice. He deserved the punishment he received. And another thought, forgiveness does not always mean there are no consequences. When someone does wrong, there can be forgiveness But that doesn't mean consequences are, well, there won't be any consequences. You said, I'm sorry. So no, 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 forgiveness does not necessarily always mean the absence of consequences. Someone can be forgiven and still need to serve time in prison, pay a fine. And in cases like Haman, uh, suffer suffer, uh, capital punishment. Someone someone can be forgiven individually and still need to lose a job or lose a position or lose their status or their influence. Forgiveness does not mean you are just automatically restored to a certain position. Uh, Sometimes we we misunderstand forgiveness. It's, uh, It's also that to some extent trust is granted, but the truth is more so trust is earned, not granted, and tends to be earned over time. It can also be lost over time. Naaman had no one to blame for what happened to him except himself. The way his life ended was the consequence of how he lived and the decisions he made. The evil intent the emotional, self-interest, hurt feelings of his heart led to how he acted and he brought the consequences on himself. We often do the same thing. And here's, here's the closing point. The greater, the greater the evil, the greater the cost, the greater, greater the price. So those are just some thoughts I had from Esther chapter seven. I hope they help you some. Tomorrow we'll look at chapter eight. God bless you.